0: Hi, my name is Satvik Srinivas,
1: and this is Arnav Vrstogi.
0: And together we are co-hosts of the Backfield Rift. Thank you for tuning in. We have a fun one in store today, our annual Rapid or Scrap It holiday-themed edition of Buy or Sell. We're getting down to the wire here. A couple more weeks before we get into the postseason. It's time to start taking some big
1: stances on these teams. For sure. And uh, with the Christmas theme... Satvik, wrap it or scrap it. Are the Vikings the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC?
0: All right, right now, the way I'm looking at the NFC, I'm going to have to wrap it, and it's not by a lot. I'm not saying that the Vikings are like so much better than these other teams, and you could even make the argument that the Cowboys absolutely dominated the Vikings. So why am I saying this right now? Why am I saying it? Because the Cowboys are capable of losing any week. right? We look at what happened against the Jaguars. We look at what happened before that, even against the Texans. And maybe perhaps you say the Texans have been a great team now. Well, I don't know. I never thought I'd say that this season, but they're taking the Chiefs to overtime, almost beating the Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine what they're going to be doing with Bryce Young, at quarterback. But to me, on any given day, with Justin Jefferson, the Vikings are the most lethal threat, right? Maybe you're going to have those games like they did against the Cowboys, But if I'm looking at one game, one NFC championship game, like perhaps, right, if you're playing the Eagles, I think the Vikings do have what it takes to to
1: possibly beat us. I don't know, man. I see see two teams, in my opinion, that are better than the Vikings.
0: Mm, Okay. I
1: I think the Cowboys are much more deeper on offense than the Mm. Vikings are.
0: Mm.
1: I think when you look at – the way that they can attack you at the running back position with Zeke and Pollard. I think that's as as lethal as it gets right there. And Michael Gallup has been playing out of this world since he came back from injury. I mean, he is a monster when you need a catch. You need to just throw it up and get it to him. And CD has been doing his thing. I think offensively, the Cowboys are a bit more deeper than, than the Vikings. And I would even put the Niners there. Like, I'm not the biggest Brock Purdy fan. I'm not a big believer in Brock Purdy like you are. But he's got some weapons, and he's giving those weapons opportunities to shine. And they have, especially with Christian McCaffrey. And then we saw what George Kittle can do against the Seahawks as well. I just think there's deeper offensive units in the Vikings. And I think you look at the way they played against the Colts. Yeah, great comeback. It's 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 the largest comeback in the NFL. That's great. But the fact that you were so sloppy to get down 33 to nothing at halftime. I'm sorry, but any other team is gonna put that away. And if you continue, like you saw how sloppy they were, you saw that some of the calls they were they were making. Like there's no reason to punt it or fake punt it within your own 30. Like it's just you don't need to do that. I understand the risk, the chance, but the play calling, the offensive sloppiness. There was not a lot of good, and i uh, there. It's been, it's been. We're seeing a trend here. This was also happened against the Lions, happened against the Cowboys. Look, the Vikings, they have the ability to blow a game like none other, and I, I just don't think the Niners and the Cowboys, they, they have that. I, I think, I think they play much tighter games that are much better. You
0: know, that's interesting. You bring up the offenses, perhaps the other teams having deeper offenses. I was actually thinking you might bring up the defense because the Vikings' defense, at least to me, that's what concerns me. It's not the offense. Because, like, you know, say what you want about the pieces the 49ers have per se, right? To me, they're not putting up 30 points a week. I'm sorry, but they're just not, right? If you if you go up against – if you go up in a shootout against Philly, San Francisco's not winning that, man. I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe you make the argument. We're not getting to the shootout with that defense. But you think about any of these teams that have had postseason success, right? The Bills the Chiefs, the Bengals in the past, whatever. And I know we're talking about the AFC now, but the point is, if you want to win in the in the postseason, you're going to have to put up points. And I personally think the Vikings are the most lethal offense out of the bunch. And if you wanted to bring up defense, maybe. But I, I also think you're not, like, giving guys credit, kind of like K.J. Osborne having a great game, right? Dalvin Cook's always going to go off. Like, th- this offense is a lot deeper than your I, I believe you're giving it credit for
1: enough. I mean, okay, yeah, certain guys have had stand out, but I will take Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott and their combination of attacking you both, uh, passing wise and at the goal line. I, I just think, I just think it's just better tandem than just having Dalvin Cook in the backfield. I think the Cowboys can put up more points in the Vikings any day. And if we want to talk defensively. I, I think. The 49ers have a better unit than the Vikings, and the Cowboys, in my opinion, have a similar, if not better, unit than the Vikings. I think overall, there are two better teams in the NFC than the Vikings. And offensively, I, I, I don't think you're giving the Niners enough credit now. For someone who's as big of a deliver in Brock Purdy, I don't know if you're giving that offense credit. Because all Brock Purdy needs to do is just sit back and just make those throws. That's all he needs to do, make those key throws. Because that offense, it can get jump started at any day, any day, whether it's Christian McCaffrey running the ball or just Brock Purdy hitting George Kittle off a little wheel route and him taking it to the house for a touchdown. Instant offense right there. I just I, I think there's two better teams in the NFC.
0: Okay, I guess we're going to have to agree to disagree there. We'll see. But I will say this any one of these three teams could represent the NFC. I don't think, I'm not saying that the Vikings are clearly, at least in my opinion, better, but. Yeah, we'll see. It
1: should be fun. All right, you know, on the on the other side of things in the AFC, similar question here, Savic. You know, we're seeing the Bengals sort of have this little win streak and play well, and you know, the Bills they haven't they've been a bit shakier than previous seasons this year. So, how's the question? Have the Bengals overtaken the Bills as the biggest threat to the Chiefs, especially because they beat them this season as well?
0: Well. The Bills beat the Chiefs too, right? Let's not forget that from earlier in the year. They
1: did, they did,
0: they did. But here's the thing, right? It's it's hard right now to not jump on the Bengals train, and you know they're looking really good. You talk about that win against the Bucks after being down seventeen nothing, thirty four unanswered points. But I still believe that here's a game that's going to be really telling, right? January second, Bills Bengals Monday night mm-hmm. football. We're going to learn a lot there about how good this Bengals team really is. But here's why I'm hesitant right now, right? It's just, it, it's, we're seeing the Bengals perhaps peak at the right time. But if you look at the record, it hasn't been that they are outright better than the Bills, right? Maybe, maybe they're up there, but I still think that the Bills are a better football team. Maybe Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, that's lethal. But I'm, I'm just hesitant right now. Maybe in two weeks, my answer would change. But I still believe that the Bills
1: are the biggest competitor to the Chiefs right now. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping this. I'm wrapping this. And look, the play style of the Bengals has been really telling about how they're able to perform in these big games. And, and they understand that, look, both teams here are going to put a point. It's going to come down to who has the ball last. And the Bengals time and time again have shown that that offense and the play calling is superior to others. They don't give the ball back in the fourth quarter. They don't. They just don't. And they're very efficient doing that, right? And time and time again, the Bengals have beaten top-tier opponents, top-tier quarterbacks like this. They're a bend but don't break team. And they have never broken. I think the way the Bengals approach the game schematically, I think it's just better than the Bills and even the Chiefs. The way that Joe Mixon is able to attack you and then Joe Burrow works his Burrow magic. And 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 finds a Tyler Boyd or a Hayden Hurst, finds a Jamar Chase down the seam, or gives He T Higgins a chance. They have so many different ways to attack you offensively. You're just, just not getting the ball back. They know how to play these tight games extremely well against these against these teams. And if I were the Chiefs, there's one team that I'm worried about, and that is the Bengals. The Bills, the Bills are on the burner too. But I think I'm more, more worried about the Bengals than I am about the Bills. The way that they have attacked me multiple times and beaten me with the same formula multiple times, it's lethal. It is lethal.
0: Okay. I hear that, but here's the thing, right? You're talking about how the Bengals have been beating these elite opponents, whatever it is, but if if you really look at it, right, the six-game win streak that the Bengals are on, outside of that Kansas City win, these are the teams they've played, right? Carolina, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Cleveland, Tampa, like, I just feel like we need to hold our horses. Like I'm not saying that this isn't a team with extremely high like Super Bowl potential. Like The potential is there. But I still my, – my point being is that if you go earlier in the year, right, these losses against, like, Cleveland on Monday night, Baltimore before that, there just are elements of inconsistency. Because the thing that people are always telling me, and when I say people, I mean you are, and you're always telling me the Bills are inconsistent. But I think the Bengals have been that too, and we're just – Perhaps forgetting that from earlier in the season,
1: maybe, but i'll I'll say this: the Bengals peak is higher than the bill's peak this this year so far, in my opinion, mm. like what the Bengals capability is and what they've shown the ability to do is much higher than what the bills have shown us this year
0: why why is that what what do you? exactly
1: looking at there why is that because they I, I think the ability not to give the ball back in the fourth quarter is something that you you just can't you that's like that is elite play calling at its finest and elite execution at its finest that is something that the bills can't do and 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 one thing about the Bengals right is they distribute the ball extremely efficiently it's never like Josh Allen hero ball I feel like the Bengals aren't throwing these game out the water. Obviously, there's some miscues here and some miscues there. But there's no structural issue with the Bengals that I see. With the Bills, you know, we have that element of Josh Allen hero ball. We've talked about it a lot for for the past two, three years. And that is a structural issue in the way that Bills offense is not only play called, but what's going through the mind of Josh Allen. I never see that with the Bengals. I don't think there's any structural issues with the Bengals.
0: I think there's a huge structural issue right up there in the front of the, <laughs>
1: the line of scrimmage right there. It's called your offensive there line. There is. There is. There is. Yes. I'm, 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 I'm not going to deny it. But listen, listen. It, Joe Bros worked with worse. That's all I'm going to say. All right. We'll
0: see. I mean, I don't know, man. I still think, at least, at least right now, the Bills are still my AFC Super Bowl pick. I'll just put that out there. But okay, we'll see. Okay. All right. Continuing here with AFC contenders and. I know I just said contenders, but here's the question, Arnav. Raptor, scrap it. The Dolphins are a first-round playoff exit.
1: I'm going to – I have to scrap it. I have to scrap it. We just had this conversation about offenses that can put up points that really move the ball down the field efficiently. These are the teams that can really make some noise in the playoffs, and I think there's none better than the Dolphins. A team that can really strike at any moment. And we saw this, especially in the in this Bills game. Jalen Waddle, 75-yard touchdown. Tyreek Hill, too, in that in the in the Chargers game. This is an instant scoring offense. And they make big plays when they're needed to be made. And so the ability for this team to move the ball down the field in those chunk plays and just flip the switch at any point in time. Like if you, if you blow coverage as, as a safety, it might be six points just like that. And so, so, and so that ability, especially in the playoffs, I just can't bet against offenses like that offenses that pass the ball that well. And when you look at Tua's efficiency, his QBR, it's right up there with some of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's playing the best football of his entire career. And so I, I I can't bet against a young quarterback that's playing the best football of his career with two wide receivers who are the best wide receiver duo in the NFL, that that offense, man, I, I can't bet against that in the playoffs.
0: I know, I know this is going to sound a little whack here, but I'm going to wrap it. I am buying the fact that I think the Dolphins are going to be a first-round playoff exit. And this is not me saying that they aren't a contender caliber team, right? Could I envision a future in which we see the Dolphins perhaps playing in the divisional round, the AFC Championship? I, I could see that. But here, here's what my issue is, right? If you're talking about the Dolphins here, maybe they're a six seed, you know, going playing against a Bengals. If you're if you're the seventh seed, if you do drop, you're playing against a Kansas City. I'm just not comfortable with that. And right now, they have that loss to the Charges as well. Personally, I anticipate the Charges moving up to that five seed spot with a tiebreaker. I I don't I don't like my chances as Miami in the cold in January going to Buffalo going to Cincinnati I don't feel great about that and if if you talk about you know when when's the game that the Dolphins really came back right because all these wins that they have been having they've been jumping out to leads they got out to a big um, deficit against San Francisco we didn't see him come back we we saw a back in. I I want to say like September. That that to me is the only time I remember the Miami Dolphins ever coming back, and that was against the Ravens at home. I I just don't feel comfortable in January going into places like Cincinnati mm-hmm. and Buffalo. Like that's just that's just what I'm seeing right now. I
1: I just want to get rid of the cold factor because it was it was chilly, snowing, and and the Dolphins still made that a very very tight game with the Bills. So. Ah. Yes, you don't like your chances, but I, I still think I don't think the weather is an as is is really an any any issue right here. Here's what I'll say. I think I think I think that it's it's a toss up. It it really is a toss-up when you when you're looking at two high powered offenses. It ultimately you look at the Bills game, the Bills Dolphins, it came down to who had the ball last. The Bills possessed the ball last, were able to push it down the field in 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 the snow and, and win that game. I think if the Dolphins had that ball last, I, I think they could have done the same. I, I can't definitively sit here and like, no, they're not winning a playoff game at all. I can't count them out. We, we Offenses like that, you can never count them out. We saw we saw it at Bills Chiefs. Many people believe the Chiefs were going to win that. But the Bills made it extremely, extremely tight and, and would have won. Obviously, we had the controversy with the overtime calls. But I, I can't sit here and definitively scrap that lethal of an offense. I, I just can't.
0: Okay, I mean I hear you, but here's what I'll say, right? You are telling me that they didn't have the ball at the end. Maybe if they did, that'd be a different story. But at the end of the game they had that ball. They had to they punted it back to Josh Allen, right? So that that is what happened. I think it was like nine minutes, eight minutes left. And if you really ask yourself when were they having success, like I this is not I'm not I'm not trying to like paint the narrative again that you know Tua is holding them back or whatever it is, but all these plays there's these are quick strikes, right? Jalen Waddle, a seventy five yard touchdown. Raheem Moster was the one that was doing a lot of the heavy, you know, workload for the Miami Dolphins offense. They only had 234 passing yards. So, like, I, like I'm not saying Tua is the problem, but I'm just saying, like, as an offense, I don't know, man, end of the game, you got to throw the ball. I, I, I don't have my money on Tua and the Dolphins. I don't. I
1: don't. I mean, it is a chunk play offense, and I and I think historically, I think I think you look at the Chiefs, probably the best example is that look, chunk play offenses can turn it on at any time. They they really do. No, but really the do.
0: the thing is, the same example of the Chiefs at the end of the game, two minute drill. You could you could trust Patrick Mahomes to go put that ball in the end zone. I, at least personally, I'm not there at a point right now with Tua. You can, can
1: you you can't trust Tua, like pushing it down the field. I I guess I guess yeah. That I I, I can't I can't defend that. I also don't think you can immediately just count two out of any game. Okay. I don't think you can count that Dolphin, Dolphins team out of any of these games and just scrap it. So that's just,
0: right. that's just the way it
1: is. That's fair. You know, we're talking about playoff positioning, and that four seed is really looking wide open with that Ryan Tannell injury. So, Sotvik, man, the Jaguars, are they going to make it to the playoffs and, and win a playoff game? Do you believe that? I do
0: dude I'm really high on this Jaguars team I've been I've been on the Jaguars chain for three four weeks right now love that win against the Cowboys that's two birds one stone right there <laughs> but here's what I'm saying man I'm seeing a team offensively coming together at the right time that 300 monster they have at receiver it's working dude Trevor Lawrence doing a tremendous job at the quarterback position Doug Peterson hats off right now I think If you get into a shootout with anybody, I think the Jaguars can come out and win win that game. That that's how much good offensive football they're playing. And and the other thing, also, the Jaguars are a really good home team, right? If they do win this division, you get a playoff game at home. I feel pretty good about my chances.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm wrapping this with you, and this is Trevor Lawrence's third 300 yard game in the past four games, and and he has had over. 109 passer rating in each of those games. It, it, it's pretty incredible how poised and composed Trevor Lawrence looks. And he's putting his receivers in in positions to succeed. The, and and the receivers are responding. We talk about the Evan Ingram play, that fight to go out of bounds. Uh, we talk about Zay Jones running double moves on corners, scoring a hat trick in touchdowns. This team, you you wouldn't think of it. It doesn't come right to mind as one of the most potent and lethal offenses, but they're certainly playing like it. And we talked about, you know, peaking at the right time. If you're the Jaguars, they're, they're peaking at the right time. And when you look at this schedule, Safik, very, very attractive schedule. Get the Jets Thursday night, you go to the Texans, and it sets up that divisional game against the Titans and if they win all those three and go into the playoffs with momentum man yeah at home Mm. do I do are are you I'm worried I'm worried (laughs) Chargers (laughs) Dolphins I would be I'd be worried I'd be a little bit worried about going into Jacksonville and having to play that offense that's just in a rhythm
0: all right let's look ahead here to week 16 you know you just mentioned that the Jaguars Jets matchup we never thought this late in the season would be we'd be talking about a Jaguars Jets game with immense playoff implications. But, but what do you see here?
1: Uh, I see Zach Wilson on one side, and I see Trevor Lawrence on the other, and I see the Jaguars winning this game. Not not too much, not too much, not too much to say here.
0: Okay, wow. Okay, I mean personally, I'm I'm in a little dilemma myself. You know, do I start Trevor Lawrence tonight against this Jets defense? You got any insight from me there? <laughs>
1: Man, I, I think this is gonna be a low scoring game. I don't I don't know if this is gonna have the offensive fireworks, but at the end of the day, I think Trevor Lawrence is gonna be able to move the ball down the field more than Zach Wilson is. And I think I think the Jaguars obviously in the wet weather have the advantage at running back as well. Travis Etienne has been playing extremely well for the past few weeks. So I, I just have to give the slight edge to Jacksonville. I, I wouldn't start. I wouldn't start Trevor Lawrence. though. I think. I think it's going to be a run heavy offense, and and Trevor Lawrence is obviously going to look away from Sauce Gardner. So uh, I don't know. I I don't like Trevor Lawrence in this game, but I see a Jaguars win.
0: Okay. I uh, I see Jaguars win too, and I think it's really just going to come down to who's going to be able to make those key plays. Right. You talked about Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, but the other thing also, I think the Jaguars defense could have a good matchup here, right? The the Jets offense, if you could take away that running game, p- put Zach Wilson in third down situations, force him to mm-hmm. throw a pick or two, that could be your recipe right there. For
1: yeah. a third, third and long, Zach, Zach Wilson. Third and five plus, Zach Wilson is just he's not not very good. Mm-hmm. That is his worst performing down. So if you put him in that situation, that's obviously an advantage for you. Another game here with big playoff positioning implications bengals and patriots what do you see there
0: i don't know man I, first of all bill, bill belichick not a happy man this week <laughs> after what happened against oh. that you know uh you know you know what is funny because I, I i can't remember which season this was but you know that quote bill belichick like on to cincinnati and mm. they're on to cincinnati <laughs> this week <laughs> after that <laughs> but uh maybe back then cincinnati was an easy win but that is not the case. I think the Bengals should be able to take care of business here. I will say this, right? That Mac Jones, Jacoby Myers connection, I don't know if you saw that two point play. That was filthy, man. Like it was one on one. He just threw that thing up and said, Yeah, I'm a, my guy's gonna beat your guy. And I mean mm-hmm. I can't remember who the Raiders DB was there, but like that was not gonna look good for him in the film room. But <laughs> anyways, let me just get back to the point I'm trying to make. I think the Bengals are gonna put up a lot of points. I don't think the yeah. Patriots are
1: going to match it. I don't think the Patriots are going to match it. I, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Mm,
0: okay.
1: Bill's defense. That pass rush, I, I, I think it, it might take the Bengals' offense off the field more times than we think. I, I think. I think both teams will be held under 24 points. I ultimately do see the Bengals coming on top, but by a very slim margin. And I, could, I wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots won this game either. Is this this is a little this is a little trap game for the Bengals here just because of how opportunistic and good Bill Belichick defenses are that that pass rush duo of Matthew Judon and and Josh Uche is it's just been lethal this year so I uh, I think they'll take the Bengals off the field more than once here
0: yeah I could see that I mean you got to say to yourself too right after that kind of loss like yeah it's nice it's, it's got to at least be a close one but
1: yeah it has to. All right, let's move to upset of the week. Zatvik, last week, you we both came on top. Rare week that that happens. But um, what what do you what do you see here?
0: Yeah, this week, here here is an interesting one, right? I'm thinking, the Giants, right? Big win Sunday night. Like I gotta say, I did not see that coming. Came on Thibodeau, man. Looking like a huge. He looking like a game changing type of player. Like that. They were. He was the reason. I would say that the the. Giants won that game other than the fact that Saquon Barkley ended the game started taking matters into his own hands but I like the Giants defense a lot and they get pressure and I think that could give the Vikings problem right when you talk about when have the Vikings been vulnerable this year it's when you get pressure That that lost Cowboys 40 to 3, 40 something whatever, whatever the score was that Cowboys pass rush was all over Kirk Cousins I think the Giants pass rush could have some success and that could lead to a Giants win
1: here I see that, but you, you really think the Giants are matching the Vikings in points?
0: Okay, if, if, if it gets into a shootout, definitely. No, I don't expect that. But mm-hmm. if, if the Giants got to go up and put maybe 27 up against a Vikings 24, a modest 24, I could see that, right, mm-hmm. mate? But if Justin Jefferson is going to go crazy, like he does pretty much most Sundays, except for like one or two Sundays in the year, then mm-hmm. I don't know. But I just, I just think the thing that stood out to me again was that defense, right? Like I was expecting Washington to win that game. And my, my reasoning was, you know, the the commander of the offense is going to be better, but that was not the yeah. case, right? I just think just just be there because if the Colts could put the Vikings in a thirty three nothing hole, I, the, the Giants yeah. would probably put them in a fifty to nothing hole. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, hey, hey, you you brought up Kayvon Thibodeau. It's going to be a very interesting matchup: him versus Christian Dariusa, two young players, young emerging stars in the league. I wouldn't pick that, but two NFC NFC contenders. I think it's going to be a very, very good matchup. Very telling on either side. Uh, I do see the Giants losing this one. I, I think the Vikings will pull it out simply just because I, I just think they'll be able to drive down the field more more often than not. And I think the Giants just, to, I'll give them credit that that offense has been putting less and less pressure on Daniel Jones to have a, to be a playmaker. But I just don't trust him. And if it does come down to that in this game, which it might if they get down and get down early, I, I don't like the Giants in that position. So mm. I I wouldn't take it. But I mean, anything can happen with the two playoff teams there. All right, I'm going to take the counterpart of the uh, Giants-Washington game. I'm going to take Washington on the road against San Francisco. And man, it seems far-fetched at the beginning, but hear me out. Washington is allowing the fifth fewest passing yards in the NFL and the fourth lowest completion and completion percentage in the NFL. That doesn't bode well for a guy like Brock Purdy, who I just don't trust as a volume passer. And we all know how good that Washington defense is up front. And I think they'll give Christian McCaffrey a bit of trouble, put pressure on Brock Purdy, and I simply don't trust Brock Purdy to sit back and throw the ball 40 times. I I, I don't have that faith in him right now. So it, it, this game really comes down to can Taylor Heineke put, I don't know, 20, 24 points on the board? And 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 that is the one one risk that I am taking. But I just think Washington has been great rushing the ball, and I think that Terry McLaurin makes a few plays here and there. I think this defense can limit San Francisco, and I think Washington can put its name right back into that wild card race in this game.
0: Okay, I could see this. The one thing though that you might have to be banking on is maybe an interception or two, maybe a fumble mm-hmm. to put the Washington offense in prime positions. Yeah, but if it's gonna have to be like. Three or four like long drives down the field against this Niners defense. Mm-hmm. That concerns me. I don't know if that's something the Commanders have. But I do think that you could give Brock a pretty tough time in this game, right? Because yeah. he hasn't really played the elite defenses of the NFL yet in his mm-hmm. young career. It's really maybe just a couple of mistakes by the Niners could lead to a Commanders win here. But it should be interesting. I could see this
1: one. When when you look at that Washington pass defense, I think the likelihood for them to come out and create those turnovers with a young quarterback like Brock Purdy, with, with the way that this defense has been uh, preventing quarterbacks from just moving down the field at will, I think it's likely. I think it's likely you might. I, I think obviously the turnover differential makes a key difference in games, and I think Washington gets a plus one on for their side. I I, I think they can they can scrap out of uh, San Francisco. Another contender and and win just like they did at Philadelphia. All right. With that being said, thank you for listening to the ninety fifth episode of the Backfield Rift. Be sure to tune in next week. We're gonna continue to talk about the playoff chase and look ahead to uh, Week Seventeen. Until then, it's been Arnoverstogi and Stop us. Stay safe and take
0: care.